Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling spectacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th. See club for details. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and with me this week on the podcast, I have a special guest. Let him know who you are, brother. No worries. My name is Turch, and I'm from the We Only Do One Take podcast all the way here in Australia. Delvin, it's so good to be on the show. Thank you, Turch, man. It's good to have you on the show. And as always... We like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Church, are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. Question number one. What is the best album or song you've listened to in the past year? Oh, I've been listening with this lovely lockdown that we've been having here in Australia, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. Very, you, guys very are, soon. you guys are acting the fool <laughs> up there. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to a lot of music, a lot of podcasts, obviously, but this year, uh, being the guitarist, I'm always looking for something new with guitar playing and stuff like that. And I finally listened to every single Black Sabbath album from start to finish. But I want to talk about something very specific. During uh, the, the break between the, when uh, Rodney James Dare left the band and then him getting to, uh, uh, another singer in, he had Glenn Hughes. Now, Glenn Hughes used to be the bassist and backup vocalist for Deep Purple at one stage and they did one album together in the in the 80s that was great and then they got a new singer because uh glenn hughes uh, was really addicted to alcohol and coke and then in the late 2000s they released two albums that they just recorded all these demo tracks and they just released them all one of them's called fuse the album and it's absolutely amazing purely underrated sort of flew under the radar you got tony iomi the guitarist from black sabbath and Glenn Hughes playing bass and singing, killer singer. And just all these tracks, they just thought, oh, yeah, it's fun. Let's just release them. That's pretty cool. And it's like, and Tony Iommi is just a riff master, just always pumping out riffs. I'm like, you know what? This is pretty, pretty fun. But the new Santana song, big Santana fan with Rob Thomas. Okay. Very exciting. I hope the album's good. I, I enjoyed the song, but I'm sure... Other people have had different opinions on that, but I'm just a sucker for Santana because 
It's one of the guys that got me into guitar playing. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Question number two. Ready. Sync or Backstreet Boys? Uh, Backstreet Boys all the way. Okay. Good man. Good man. <laughs> I just watched a whole documentary on on um the that's uh, Swedish music on uh, on on um on Netflix about like Max Martin and uh, and all those other guys like that. And they basically produced that that 1990 sound. They did like Britney Spears. They did InSync. They did Backstreet Boys. And it was just like one or two guys sitting in a basement of this dingy recording studio in in Sweden writing yeah. hundreds of these songs. All so hit songs. Like all all hit, different groups. Like, I think he's got more hit songs, like more Grammys for hit songs, or more number ones than like the Beatles and Michael Jackson. And it's he's just this guy that writes songs for other people. It's insane. Yeah. Definitely. That's the that's the real music industry. It's not the artist that's sitting at the front. Some some guy with a piano playing three chords in the back writing songs, just palming it off to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a video a while back of a guy. I can't remember the guy's name. He's a famous um songwriter. Hmm. He was writing like a song for Michael Jackson. He was singing it and putting it together. And he was like, "Huh, that's the guy who wrote the song for Michael Jackson." Well, that's like. A- Average white guy. Oh yeah, uh, I I know that the good band Toto, like Steve Lukather and like the rest of the band there, like all over the album Thriller, like they were the backing band, and they even wrote the song Human Nature for Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's wild. When you think and about it, it's just like he goes, "Here's Michael Jackson. This is the song." And Michael's like, "Great, let's let's put straight onto the album." But he did that with Bad as well. He got three teams of songwriters and just made them write whole albums, and then just took the songs that he liked and. That's why Bad is so full of just hits because it's basically just the best of these great songwriters he put how, together. How do you think those songwriters feel? Knowing, like, like for example, Toto, knowing that the biggest songs you wrote weren't it made weren't for yourself; they were for, like for Michael Jackson, and they became mega hits. And if you sung those songs, they wouldn't have been the hits that they are. I think that's I think that's the great thing about music. It's and look, I always look at it as like the Jimi Hendrix, Bob Dylan experience, like that sort of thing. Bob Dylan wrote all along the Watchtower. Great song. But even Bob Dylan knows that's Jimi Hendrix's song. Yes. And he doesn't perform it anymore. And just because you wrote a song doesn't mean you're the right one to, to play it. You know, sometimes the cover version, like Whitney Houston, Dolly Parton with uh, I Will Always Love You. Yes. Dolly Parton's version is fantastic, but Whitney Houston's version is that's the way it's meant to be listened to. That's the way everybody thinks like of. That. Yes. That's that, right. You know, and if you even compare the two, the Whitney Houston one hits in a way that the, the Dolly Parton version doesn't. And I think that that's the magic of music across the board. Like, you know, some people can play a completely different rendition of it. And that's the version that sticks in the consciousness of the people. I agree. Question. Going back. Going back. Backstreet Boys. Kill in sync. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. Torch, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done as a kid? Oh, probably so many. I, I was I, I knew you were gonna ask this one, so I tried to prepare something. I think my mum's an English teacher and has been for her whole life, straight out of university English teacher. So every time I say something stupid, um, she remembers it for about 30 years. That's and not good. 
Oh, it's not good at all. It's not good at all. Like, and that's why I went the numbers route in my own career, just to get away from the the uh, writing and English and stuff like that. But I remember once I was a real little kid, and I instead of saying wit, like shoe size, like I needed shoes that were wider, I said witness. And my mum to this day <laughs> will still bring up. Remember when you said that? Oh, that was that was not good. Oh, yeah, that was really. <laughs> I don't think it's the most embarrassing thing I've done, but because she keeps bringing it up, yeah. <laughs> 20 years on, it's just like, mum, really? That's, it just it becomes more and more embarrassing yeah. <laughs> over time. Over time. Yeah. Mom, I, I was 10. <laughs> yeah, mom, yeah, I was 10, mum. Like, you know, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes. I still make mistakes with my words today. And I, you know, talking on a podcast all day and talking meetings all day at work. So I'm going to make mistakes. It's okay. <laughs> But it was that one word that just set her off. <laughs> that's, that's English teachers for you, man. That's Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's very true. <laughs> Question number four. If you could pick anybody you want to, anybody, to do one podcast episode with, who would that person be? Oh. Uh. Is okay. Uh, I'm a huge, I said, huge music nerd, been playing guitar forever. And my favorite guitarist of all time that really pushed me into, you know, wanting to play more was a guitarist named Buckethead. Now, pretty young, I guess most people won't really know him, but he, you know, uh, has played with like Serge Tanky from System of a Down. He's played with, um, uh, what's he called? He used to be in Guns N' Roses for a certain time. He was the guy with the white mask and the KFC bucket on his head, threading and all that. It inspired me to no end still to this day. It's still inspiring me. Um, but that's the guy I would love to have to talk on the show, talk about music, talk about his guitar playing, all that sort of stuff. I've had, but I, I, I'm like, I was like 50% of the way there. He used to play in a band called the Dally Creeps. And I got the singer of the Dally Creeps, Maximum Bob, on the show. And it was the most amazing experience, like I fanboyed out talking <laughs> to this guy because he would talk about like, you know, back in the day with, with him and Bucket and him working on other projects, like he worked with Mr. Bungle and Mr. Bungle's lead singer is the singer from Faith No More. And obviously Faith No More is a really big band and all that sort of stuff. So to hear some of those stories and talk about that, amazing. But to hear the Buckethead perspective on uh, his music playing, guitar playing, how he got into it. And the stories he's had, because he's met like Ozzy Osbourne, he's met like uh, uh, tried out tried out for Ozzy Osbourne, got in, and, and you know, stuff like uh, you know, played for Red Hot played for Red Hot Chili Peppers, has played with Primus, which is another one of my favorite bands. To talk about those sort of stories, that would be amazing. And he's never really done interviews; he's sort of really recluse like that. So to be the first one to do it would be an amazing opportunity. Okay, I like that answer. I like that answer a lot. Question number five. Zombie apocalypse is happening, Walking Dead style. You only can take five things with you to go out in the world to survive. Family and pets don't count. They automatically come with you. What are the five things you're taking? Anything you want, by the way, to survive this zombie apocalypse. I knew you were going to ask this one. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of, uh, I think I think a lot of people in America at least would say some sort of gun or some sort of weapon. Oh, uh, yes. Danny Limelight really... came on here and said a giant machine gun <laughs> <laughs> with a bunch of bullets. 
like, oh, you don't think you need anything else? No, I just need the gun. So we really don't have, uh, as you probably know, we, we, we don't have really have access to guns as, as, um, as freely as Americans do. They're sort of a... Yes, um, my friend very, Adam Nutter rants about that all the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so we're sort of stuck in a rock and a hard place with that. So I think some sort of weapon, like a baseball bat with spikes on it, I'm going to go full of zombie apocalypse with it because okay. I think it's light. You can easily carry it. Uh, if I've definitely got my partner with me and my little little uh, dash hound of a, a sausage dog, uh, I'd probably bring some sleeping bags, something okay. nice. You know, you'd probably need something to sleep in. That dog ain't surviving too long. The zombie's coming after y'all. Yeah, that, that's true. You know, he's, <laughs> he runs faster than me, mate. He may be little, but he runs faster than me. He might survive quicker than I will, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, I'd probably bring, you know, like some survival type type gear. Like I think a lighter, like okay. you know, something to start fires with and all that sort of stuff. Uh, maybe an acoustic guitar because what are you going to do? Okay. You know, and find food stuff like that. And then you said I could bring anything, right? Yes. And you had four right then, now. Four. <clears throat> and the last thing I would bring is a magic lamp with a genie in it. And that way I could wish my way into success. <laughs> okay. okay. So, <laughs> so you're bringing... Will Smith's genie from Aladdin. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm bringing Robin Williams' version of, of the genie from okay. Aladdin. Let's, That's uh... also very much acceptable, <laughs> yes. You know, you said anything. I'm just going to go gonna go the mythical route. Why not? Why not? I, I tell people all the time you can bring anything you want. They, some people choose to go the mythical route. Some people choose to go the practical route. Gone, but... so, some people choose to go the stupid route. <laughs> <laughs> All I think I'm sitting right in the middle there. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell everybody about your podcast for those who don't know. Yeah, so uh, I'm on the, me and my uh, co-host Kieran, we run the We Only Do One Take podcast. It's We claim it to be the only, sh- uh, the, the biggest shit show on the internet. Um, absolutely. We've been doing it for like four years now, uh, trying to do it weekly, but the less content we have, uh, we just don't do a show if we don't have content because there's nothing worse than a podcast. You release it and it's just two guys talking, like no direction or anything like that. Um, so we That's every podcast, rant. by the way. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, we try to rant about, uh, usually it's a rant, a couple of rants about things that annoy us during the week. Uh, we go through some, some news as well, like all some stupid news stories that you might have missed or things that make us funny or things we can discuss. Uh, Every so often, we have a look at some podcasts, uh, review them, review some music. We have guests on as well, like comedians and musicians, and just sometimes it's just a pure interview show, like with Maximum Bob, or we had a serious Coconuts on. That was great uh, as a comedian. It's just a just a way for us to you know talk about things that we want to talk about, make some jokes as well, and just have a good time. And that it for us, it's a good outlet, especially. In these lockdown sort of situations, we've had to do a lot of online sort of stuff like this. Um, that's good fun. And obviously, being able to branch out and talk to other podcasters like yourself, just an amazing opportunity because down here, down under, uh, the scene is not as big as it is in the US. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, I don't know too many Australian podcasts. I guess Dave from Man Brain and you, that might be, that might be it. And he's up in Queensland. That's a completely different world. That's that's the that's like you know it's still on the east coast, but that's all the way up north on the east coast. That's in the tropical climate. I'm down here in the European climate of, of Melbourne, 
that can sometimes have all four seasons in one day. We're a, Jesus. a strange part of the world. <laughs> well, Australia in general is a strange part of the world. Like y'all, y'all have like different animals and everything. Y'all have giant spiders, the size of people, and kangaroos. Do, yeah, man. Uh, there's uh, when when the Australian um, when the European like the English came down here for the first time and started to bring things back to to Europe to say, look, these are the animals that we have. They killed them and stuff, killed them and put pallets back and all that sort of stuff. One animal that they brought back was the platypus. And the platypus is a mammal that lays eggs, that has a duck bill, that lives in the water like a beaver, and has hair. Hairy. <laughs> and also has duck web feet and also has a poison stinger. Yeah. So they brought this animal back to Europe and everyone thought it was like something that they just sewed together to to try to <laughs> trick them. And they're like, no, man, this is a real animal that lives that lives in the water. And it's, it's, it's just, it Australia is just so weird. They have just so yeah. much weird thing that I've never heard of or seen anywhere. I guess y'all could probably say that about us, but we don't, I think most of the things we have is everywhere else, like alligators and crocodiles. They're everywhere. Oh, we have those. <laughs> yeah, you know, pigeons and stuff like that. And, Lions, tigers, bears. It's that remoteness, I think. Like, we've, we've been, a, a, I guess, we're both a continent and an island at the same time. And because of that, that remoteness, everything it just evolved differently over time. You know, we, we never really had that interconnection with, like, Europe and America. And, you know, we're so distant from everywhere else. We are our own. Uh, we're, our, we're our own place. And that, that comes with different, you know, not only just, uh, animals and fauna and stuff like that we're different people as well we sort of evolved in a different way we're very different from our you know we've got a lot of english people obviously down here very different from our english counterparts my family's from italy and we migrated here in the 19 like like late 1960s my dad was born in italy and he's you know if you were to compare him like he's a very italian looking man so is my mum. you compare them to the italians in italy uh we're almost polar opposites the and the way we think, the way we work, it's it's very interesting the way the Australian culture sort of sort of changed because it is really, you know, you talk about America being a melting pot. Australia, I think, is is twice that amount, uh, simply because we're so new that everyone came sort of at the same, almost at the same time, uh, apart from the English who started up the joint. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fun place, you know. It's very fascinating and very interesting to say the least. So I'm quite sure the, the set, that that makes for a lot of podcasting content in general. It's pretty. It's pretty good. I know, like, like I was saying, my family's Italian, all that sort of stuff. One thing the Italians hate more than anything else is the Greek, um, the Greeks just in general. And the second most amount of Greeks in the world, apart from in Greece, is in it is in Sydney, which is our neighbouring wow. capital city. Whereas Melbourne is where the Italians are. So if you're going to come to Australia, come to Melbourne. There's better coffee here. And that's more important. <laughs> We're a much nicer people than the Greek. <laughs> so there's this kind of East Coast, West Coast rivalry with Italians and Greeks. I never knew that. It's not even East Coast, West Coast. We're both on the East Coast. So Melbourne is sort of down the bottom. Sydney sort of in the middle there, but we're both East Coast. East Coast is where the majority of the population sort of live. And as you go more West, you sort of have, I guess it's like uh, Central, uh, uh, I guess you guys in the Central America there have, you know, I guess you quite call them flyover states. Yes. 
and they're sort of more agricultural, all that sort of stuff. The problem with Australia is 99.9% of our country is uninhabitable desert. And really, you can only live on the coast. So all of our all of our big cities are coastal cities. So I, I have a like, question about that because that's, that's how do you have? Repeat that number again. Nine ninety nine percent. I I don't know how accurate my percentage, but like ninety five to ninety nine percent of Australia is basically uninhabitable. There's no water source. It's it's very much just desert. I, I find that fascinating and weird at the same time because when you look at America and how we've inhabited places that shouldn't be inhabited at all and we've made like these man-made lakes, I'm like, shouldn't Australia be doing stuff like that? Isn't there a way to like make these areas inhabitable? I was, Especially if it's I, most I was, of the country. It's, but it's almost not worth it because, you know, okay. We've got Melbourne and Sydney, and they're probably the two closest capital cities of like states. And even that is a t- nine to ten hour drive. Wow! Right now, to get from one side to Australia to another, so I've got friends in Western Australia, so that's on the other side of the coast, near the coast on that side there. And you know, we've only got seven capital cities in Australia. We've got seven states, seven capital cities. To get to Western Australia. It's not only cheaper to fly, but it's quicker to fly, obviously, because it will take you three to four days of driving to get to to Western Australia. But it takes like a, took a two and a half to three hour flight. And by the time you load up your car, get the petrol, all that sort of gas you guys got over there, it's cheaper to fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, it's a fun place, like. Like that. Look, there's like the capital cities are amazing. Some a lot of the regional towns have had the opportunity to do uh, see a lot of Victoria in our state, Victoria. A lot of regional towns here through work on my old job. Anyway, it's a fantastic place. There's lots of really good things uh, to see. We've got a very big. Oh, we we did have a very big night culture here uh, down in Melbourne. Uh, we've got a big coffee culture, big food culture as well. I guess you know. I don't know if you've been to Europe, but it's very European feeling. In that sort of sense. So for us, we sort of pride ourselves in that stage right there. And we're a big sporting country as well. Just like you guys in America, we made our own sport that we're the best at. Okay. Like uh, we've got idea. Australian rules football. Yeah, it's good. You know, we can't lose that way. Yeah. Uh, we're Australian rules. We've got Australian rules football, which is, you know, probably the big, definitely the biggest sport, at least in Victoria. Uh, and maybe Question. the second. Yes. Australian rules football. Yep. Is it football or is it soccer? It's, okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. So it is, it's like, it is football. So we've got it, – it's played on an oval field, played okay. with an oval, like an NFL-looking uh, football. You can catch it with your hands. You can bounce the ball. And the goals are gigantic. So um, it, it's – Four goalposts, the two in the middle. If you get them in the middle, you get six points. And if you get them in the other two quadrants or thirds, you get one point. And you can kick the ball. It's like 18 players on the pitch on the same time. It's, you know, rough and tumble sort of game. It's a it's an interesting sport, you know. Yeah, sounds interesting. How, how pretentious is America in terms of how there's a sport called football? And we're like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. 
we're going to change that, your, the name of your sport to soccer. And we're going to take that name and call our sport football. That's we're, the so real. <laughs> we're the same here in Australia, mate. We've got the whole, you know, we've got AFL, which we call football. We've got NFL, which is like, you know, uh, or rugby. We've got, you know, very similar, very similar, but obviously different. And then we have soccer, which is sort of, you know, back in the day used to be called wog ball by the Australians when the Europeans came here. It was like, oh, the Wogs will play that one there, you know. <laughs> just a, just a, a derogatory, uh, you know, a negative term for uh, Italians and Greeks and all the Mediterranean that came here in the 1960s. Um, and then now it's, it's slowly becoming one of the more popular sports. I guess all the people who had kids are having kids now, they're getting their kids into soccer and becoming a bit more popular now like we did okay during the last olympics we did pretty averagely at the last world cup i mean you know yeah, that's all that matters hey we did average we didn't lose so <laughs> didn't, didn't do too bad you know look australia's really good at one thing at the olympics and that is swimming we sweep it across the board unless you guys get you a new michael phelps here and there but australia if you're going to talk about swimming we, we dominate that's where we win the medals <laughs> <laughs> And apparently skateboarding. Who would have thought? I think like a 15-year-old kid won the skateboarding that was Australian. I didn't even know there was skateboarding there. I know. Like, what the hell? We've been watching so much crap on TV because we've just been in a, you know, COVID-safe environment. And there's nothing else on apart from uh, the Olympics in the background. We're all trying to stay a little bit sane. I have a question for you. This is a fun question for you. Yeah, please. It's a two-part question. The first part is, What's the best thing you watched during the pandemic? Uh, A show you you probably wouldn't have watched, but because you're stuck inside, like, I watched this. You're like, holy shit, that was awesome. Yeah, uh, we got, uh, every so often we'd like to watch, I guess the British comedy and American comedy is very different across the board. Like a good example is the UK version of The Office with Ricky Gervais and all that sort of stuff. And the American version of The Office. If you compare the two, they're very different styles of comedy. You know, uh, British humor is a lot more dry. American humor is a bit more, uh, I guess, in your face about it rather than that is correct. You know, that 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 subtlety. And look, I love love both, but I do love the British uh, humor. I guess that's that you know Australian European sort of influence there and stuff like that. And one show I've been watching a ton of is a show called Taskmaster. I think there was a US version of it as well where they get um, British comedians together. They have to do little tasks. They're rated on points and everything like that. And it's got a whole bunch of all-star cast sort of thing. But just see, it's like, it's like a reality competition show, but with celebrities. And my partner and I have been watching a whole bunch of it. And it's been fantastic. Okay. And that I could highly recommend that. Either that or a show called... Um, Friday Night Dinner, which is another British British show. I've probably got a lot of British shows. And it's just about like a, a Jewish family in England and all the antics that happen on a Friday night dinner when they have their big family dinners and stuff like that. Good good fun. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you this then. The counter to that, what's the worst TV show you've been watching during the pandemic? It doesn't have to be necessarily be a bad show per se. Well, it's bad, but you watch it because you enjoy it. Like, for example, mine's is Tiger King. Tiger King oh. is terrible, <laughs> fucking terrible, but it's so entertaining. 
I cannot help but watch it all the fucking time. Yeah, uh, uh, this is an easy one, man. This is easier than the, the shows I've been watching. Uh, I cannot get enough of the Amer- of that uh, television show, Ancient Aliens. Ah. I can watch that forever. I don't know why, but I can sit there and I look. I've got a, especially about European history, and, and um, um, you know, I've got a pretty good understanding of like Egypt, Rome, and all that sort of stuff. I, I love that sort of thing. So when they talk about like and Leonardo da Vinci was an alien and he painted aliens it's like man that is just not true (laughs) (laughs) just not not true or they they do little things like there was have you ever heard of what the like i've talked about this on our on our show the horseshoe theory elaborate okay the horseshoe theory for me is the, the far left and far right extreme far left and far right of things don't aren't really polar opposites they're actually more in a horseshoe thing horseshoe shape so they're actually closer into ideologues than than they think they are or they want to be i think and i think, I think that, that makes sense yeah so i think that this is a great for me this is a great example of this is like on, on one side i'm not going to say left or right just they're one side or the other on one side you got like the fundamentalist christians and they believe god made humans and they made humans and that's it you know, humans popped up 6,000, 7,000 years ago, and it was all God, easy. And then you got the people in the middle, I'm assuming like us, it's just like, ah, oh, probably evolution, probably this, who knows, you know, I'm not a scientist. And then you got like the crazy conspiracy theorists on the on the other side, and they're like, you know, 6,000 years ago, aliens made us. And I'm all like, my damn aliens? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, aren't aliens, if you just change the word aliens for God, it's basically the same <laughs> Yeah. Same thing. But they consider themselves completely opposite. Like, no, there's no God, but there's definitely aliens. And God didn't make us, but the aliens did. <laughs> Other side is, there's no aliens. God made us. It's like, that is basically the same thing. Yeah, that is literally but... the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone, if you're, you're seeing this the way I am, but you're definitely talking about the exact same principles across the board. And that's the whole, for me, that's the horseshoe theory. And it comes across like, in, you know, the far extreme right want to censor things and the left also want to censor things, but they're very similar but subtly different. Like they want to censor the things. They essentially want to censor things that they don't like. Yeah, exactly sides. right. Yeah. And and half the time it, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. But that horseshoe theory, I think, stands true for a lot of things within the politics world. But this just happens to happen within the ancient aliens God thing. But ancient aliens, if you're looking for a, a terrible show that just blows your mind in how stupid that it is. It's absolutely fantastic. I can watch every single episode of it. It's like, how did the aliens, uh, how did the humans could not have made language? It must have been given to the to them by aliens. And you're like, <laughs> what? What? Why? What? What? I appreciate when shows like that just want to casually, just reg- on the regular, say that humans are stupid, so they can't come it's, up with other things. It's like, so, so humans came up with nothing. Like nothing at all. It's it's and you're like okay, so they didn't make the pyramids. Okay, whatever. They didn't make all, all the Rome. So what did humans do? How were we like you know? Obviously, what did they give us ideas about how to make computers as well? And you're not talking about that yet. How did we advance? We didn't <laughs> as advance. A society? We didn't advance at all. What happened was the aliens or God came down and was like, <laughs> "You people are too stupid to advance." Here, 
Let me help you. <laughs> My fa- and there was another episode I was watching, and they're like, oh, the aliens made dinosaurs, and then they got sick of them and killed them all. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell, man? Like, if I made a world full of dinosaurs, these giant creatures that are killing and doing all these cool stuff, I don't think I'd make humans. I think I would just watch the dinosaurs. That sounds yeah. way more fun to me. Way more interesting. <laughs> than watching us pay taxes and... Uh... <laughs> yeah. The, the aliens said, hey, let's, let's, let's make this interesting. Let's build yeah. these motherfuckers who can write taxes and tax law and go to hey, court. Look, look at this guy. He's got anxiety and can't leave the house. <laughs> like, how good is that? Yeah, that, that's, that's smarter than the aliens. Yeah. Let's get rid of the fucking T-Rexes and yeah. just <laughs> have a dude who has depression. Guys, guys, I got an idea. Instead of T-Rexes, snakes. They just slither around, <laughs> most of the time live in a hole, yeah. eat once a week. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. No thanks. Yeah, these aliens had it right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because this was a topic I saw on the internet today, and it's pertaining to your country for once. It doesn't have to do with, it doesn't have to do with the U.S., thank God. For once, we're in the clear. We, we've done enough damage. <laughs> what is going on in Australia? You guys are fighting. Y'all don't want to wear a mask no more. <laughs> what is happening? I can, I, I'll only speak for Melbourne because um, I've been obviously heavily influenced by the fun, exciting things that have happened within the COVID space in Melbourne and, and Victoria, I guess. Um, when the initial sort of COVID, you know, the initial one, alpha, whatever it was called, came to Australia, we were very slow off the mark, I guess to start locking things down. But we did lock things down. Like a lot of things happen. It's like, hey, you know, you can't do this. Don't try to, you know, less things could happen. So people start working from home. You're working in a, excuse me, an office environment. You don't have to wear a mask. And as time went on, the more cases that we got, not that they were very high compared to many of the states in the US or anything like that. Florida. Like Melbourne. <laughs> oh, look, we're... <laughs> Victoria has, I think, 6 million or 7 million people. Uh, that's the whole state. Uh, Melbourne has like 1.5 to 2 million of those people. So we're not a big, we're a lot of land mass, but we're a small population. I mean, the whole of Australia, this whole thing, which is just the, that same, same area size as the US, has 26 million people. I think, I think New York has that many people. Yes. Exactly. You know what I mean? So very small population of very big. Uh, landmass again 90% of it 95% of it is uninhabitable desert but you know so we started locking things down and as time went on we started to lock you know we started to get up in Victoria anyway like 800 cases a day. Uh, I think we had got to 600 cases a day that was the most we ever got in one day 600 <laughs> we are at 15,000 <laughs> uh, so that's what we had so th- 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 uh, that's why we're we're like, okay, this is crazy. But they decided to do like, no, nah, we're going to do a short, sharp, like the wording is from our premier, Dan Andrews, was we're going to do a short, sharp lockdown, like a circuit breaker lockdown. They had all these fancy words for it to to ensure that the COVID doesn't spread. You know, well, okay, whatever. We're going to do it. We're going to do it for like two weeks. And that two weeks, the initial one of two weeks turned into three months Oof. of lockdown. And lockdown... 
4.0, they call it, uh, just the level of restrictions. And I'm gonna this this is the level of restrictions. Retail closed. All retail shops closed. Okay. Everyone had to work from home. Construction sites closed. Uh, I think went down to fifty percent of the people needed. Like you know, if you could have a hundred people on your building site, get maximum of fifty. Uh, my partner's a, a dog groomer. She runs her business out of out of the house. Got the whole setup done. Uh, she wasn't allowed to work. So if you had a home business like that, it couldn't work. Uh, what else have yet met mass mandatory, not only outside, not only inside, but outside. So if you're just taking the dog for a walk, you have to wear a mask. Uh, at one stage back then they shut down. Children couldn't play on playgrounds. Whew. <laughs> uh, well, a lot of childcare sort of saying, you know, if you're not an essential worker, like, you know, you're not a nurse or whatever it is, you couldn't keep your child at daycare just to sort of limit things. And this was in roughly the same time last year. So this is October 2, 2021. This was like October, September, October 2020. And we all locked down and we did really well. And we finally got out of restrictions, this and that. And it was by like December that we finally got out of things where we still had to wear masks in shopping centers or, or like, you know, going supermarket shopping. Retail started to open back up. My partner, partner's business got to open back up. You know, I was lucky. I just worked from home and my spreadsheets at home. What's the difference? Yeah. Uh, but we start, finally started to open up. You know, right. And even back then, you couldn't, I'll, I'll try to do the conversion in my head, but it's, we couldn't move five kilometers from our house, which is like three and a half miles. I'm trying to do it in my head, but I'm, I'm always bad at it. You couldn't move from three and a half miles from your house. So if you went to the shops, it had to be within that radius. You couldn't visit family. You couldn't have people over. And then if, as restrictions lessened, you could move out 10 kilometers. You could, you know, have two people at your house. And that's how the restrictions sort of let up. And by December, it was okay. You could have 30 or 50 people at your house. Not that maybe my Italian family could have done that, but that's about it. We had a Christmas. We had a, you know, uh, and restrictions let up. We were very happy because Jess, uh, my partner Jess and I got engaged at the start of the pandemic and we could finally have our engagement party at the start of the year. And it was just before, like two, three weeks before our engagement party, we went to a snap lockdown again for five days where we everything that we've worked hard for as a state because we got, I think, like 20 or 30 cases. Like, we're talking small numbers here. Yeah, that's really small. Like I said, you know, Florida is hitting like 15,000 cases, 10,000 cases on a regular. And we're not, we didn't yeah. shut down. So, no. yeah. We so probably we, should we, shut down. <laughs> <laughs> don't, lose your, don't lose your freedom. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you that. Because we went to this shop for five days. Okay, we survived it. All good. We could have our engagement party. We could have 100 people at the venue. We're all good. Since then, obviously, the Delta variant's been a, a big thing. And we're just like, hey, you know what, though? It doesn't matter because we're going to get vaccinated and we're going to have our freedoms. We're going to have a bit of freedom. We're going to be able to move around. Yeah, we're back. We'll be able to, like, just like you guys, get vaccinated. You can do a few more things around, yeah. around the country. Our prime minister, so he's the president equivalent, I guess, elected and all that sort of stuff. Our prime minister didn't order any vaccines. What? <laughs> so he didn't order? Anything? How do you not order vaccines? You're like, oh, we don't need yeah. this. 
yeah, base, basically. So we've got the AstraZeneca one that we ordered, and we were meant to get a whole bunch of Pfizer as our as our other one because the one vaccine was only available for people over the age of fifty. So they started oh. with the really, really old, and my age group, like I'm twenty nine. We've only just got access to vaccines within the last twenty days. Wow! So this rollout I floored like, that he's just like, no, nah, we don't need vaccine. Ah, we okay. I he, it's it's uh, it's amazing. So we're finally getting vaccines, and people can get finally my age group anyway can finally get vaccinated. Like my parents vaccinated, all that sort of thing. Uh, but now that you know, you know since since that since like March. We were fine. We were fine for like three months. Delta variant hit. And instead of going, hey, we're probably not going to accept, you know, we've got a big um, Indian population, people from India, families from India in Australia as well. Uh, that's where it sort of started, I, I believe, okay. you know, the Delta variant. Instead of going, hey, we're probably not going to accept any more flights from India, people. Okay? Yeah. They didn't stop it. And suddenly, Delta variant is in in Australia, and another lockdown. Another lockdown lasted short. Short lockdown lasted a month. Let me ask this question before we go on, because this is interesting. So, you guys didn't get vaccines. You got them now. Do y'all have the same thing like we have in America, where people don't want to take the vaccine? Because we have plenty of vaccines in America, but people don't want to take them yep. because they're hesitant and they don't want to wear the mask. Do y'all have that there in Australia? Yeah, we absolutely do. And we've had, especially in Victoria, one of the, I guess, uh, uh, I'll get to that because it's, it's sort of a package of how things have happened. Because of the vaccine rollout started to happen, that was all good. A lot of older people got it. We're sort of moving through time here. Um, we had did another lockdown. The problem is with all the lockdowns, there was no financial government support for any of these industries. So if you own a cafe and you have to shut down for three months, we've been, Put it in perspective, we've had 200 days now, over 200 days of complete lockdown. No retail, no cafes, no businesses open, anything like that. There's been absolutely very little to no support for any businesses. So if you've got a live music venue, maybe a government grant, and the government grant you had to pay tax on. That sucks. So a lot of businesses are really struggling at the moment because we do our taxes uh, at the end of June. A lot of businesses. I'm an ex-accountant, so it's all, I will think about this sort of stuff a lot. Um, a lot of businesses are really suffering across the board. So there has been, I guess, if you talk about that, we've we've had a couple of protests. We had a protest yesterday in the, in Melbourne, anyway. Um, and it's never been about no masks. It's never been about, uh, and it's more about just letting people go back to work. For okay. a lot of industries, that's different. Then that's different. It's than what very we're going different. Through. Yeah, that's it's very, very different. different. So, look, and there's definitely. So, oh, I want to I ask you this because, to my understanding, what's happening is you guys are being put on a lockdown and not giving any funding while you're on lockdown. So, you're just on your own, hey, figure it out for yourself. It's a bit of. So, they finally opened up some sort of um, government assistance. Again, you know, um, okay. if you get whatever money you get, you're still going to pay tax on it at the end of the financial year. So, it's not really guilt-free money or just you know you still have to you know we we as a guy i saw he got some government assistance across the board and ended up having a tax bill at the end of the financial year of 20 grand that sucks and, and it's like 
what what do you want me to do about this? Why didn't you just you know instead of giving me a thousand dollars, you know, every so often, why didn't you just take seven hundred and fifty? Give me seven hundred fifty and keep two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, that way no one would have to worry. You get your money, I get my money. It works across the board. It would have just made a lot more sense. My partner's business. We're very lucky. Like we're very fortunate here. Where, uh, I said my partner's a dog groomer and she runs her own business. We've got no perishables to, you know, like you know, if you're, uh, you know, a caterer, you buy all this food, and then the premier goes, "No, we're in lockdown." Like all that food that you had for the weekend, it's gone. You can't, what, what you can't sell it on. You can't keep it in a freezer for. Two weeks, three weeks, a month. What are you going to do? And that's what a lot of businesses are really struggling with. Like you know, we're, like I said, we're organizing a wedding, and the venue won't order food unless they one hundred percent know the week of that's going ahead. Same for the yeah. florist. Same for same for a hub. So all these industries really had to change their their structuring model across the board. But there has been very little support for very small businesses or what they call micro businesses. So if you're a sole trader. Or you've got two people working in your business. Very little to no support across the board. And I guess that's what a lot of people are are really angry about more than anything else. The lack of support, you know, people want to work, like especially when you've been off work for 200 days. Yeah. You know, that's 200, that's half a year of more than half a year of no income when you easily could have worked, especially in a lot of industries. You know, I've got friends, parents that are dentists, and dentists have to close. Wow. And it's like, what, what do you mean dentists have to close? That's a health thing for people, like, you know, yeah, no, only, yeah. for emergen- only for emergencies. Yeah. What, what do you mean? <laughs> dental work is very important to your, your, your health in general. You're like, if you don't, and I found this out a few years ago, if you don't take care of your teeth, it can cause other underlying issues, including huge, heart huge issues and things like that. Yeah, man. And one of the big, like, you know, again, I'm only going to talk about my experiences and stuff like that. Like you know, the stuff that I know of personally, partner's a dog groomer. I mean, it's not like a human where we go, yeah, look at my hair, it's long, no one cares. I can still brush my teeth and comb my hair. It's all good. Yeah. You know, the average person doesn't have those skills, you know, or the the equipment to properly take care of a dog, especially with long hair, especially that has other health issues, skin issues. It's a health and well being thing that the, the vets don't take care of. Yeah. They're inundated. And so you know, Jess will, you know, we'll come out of this lockdown here. It's been, you know, it'll be a month and a bit by the time this lockdown, this lockdown finishes. Apparently it's going to finish in September. I guarantee it won't. Um, she'll come back and she'll have all these animals that are, you know, they'll have to shave or that were in perfect, con- you know, perfect health, all that sort of stuff. But their skin health is just down the Terrible. toilet. Yeah. You know, so across the board, Melbourne, I think, you know, Okay, so we've got we've got the two political parties here in Australia. I guess they're the two big ones. We're subtly different to you guys in the US, but we've got the Labour Party, which I guess is your Democrats, the left party, we'll say, okay. and then the Liberals, which are sort of more your right. You know, I wouldn't even say right. They're more centre-right than far-right, and the Labour is very left. And the difference is, like, we've got a Liberal government as a federal thing, and the state and Victoria is a Labour, so yes, Democrat, and then Republican state of Sydney. And the way that they've both handled the premiers or the uh, you know, I guess the governor of each state 
has really decided very different actions when it comes to how to deal with COVID, how to deal with lockdowns. So the, the Victorian one, Dan Andrews, uh, who you might have seen, he's he's uh, he said some really fun things recently. There's videos of him and you know, of press conferences. They do press conferences every day now. He'll come out and go, oh, you know, we saw people on the street. You know, police caught people on the street uh, watching a sunset. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be at home. <laughs> I'm sure. No, this is real. This is that real. There's even a video, him, a video of him going, oh, you know, these people, because you can still order takeaway. So people are doing takeaway beers outside of venues to make money, like, you know, like bars and stuff. And people are just standing at the front drinking a beer without a mask on. That's, is, you know, that's how you drink a drink. Yeah. And he was like, people shouldn't be doing that. If you're outside drinking alcohol, you must be wearing a mask. And that's something he really said. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely insane like you know same sort of thing like right now we're going through a thing where it's like oh we've never had a transmission from anyone getting sick from covid by playing on the playground but the kids can't play on playgrounds or play equipment at the moment and the real reason behind that is because mothers would just call each other up and go, hey we're going to meet at the park and talk to each other there yeah wearing a mask and everything let the kids play which is a good thing uh, he just wanted to stop that, to stop any potential transmission. And so this is something we're hearing on a, on a daily basis. We're trying to find out what's going on, why. And that's why a lot of people are sort of fed up. I mean, we've been stuck inside the houses for 200 plus days where, you know, it's not good for mental health. I know that we've got a, a sort of a, a a mental health sort of, I guess, suicide hotline. I'll call it that. Um, called Lifeline here in Australia. And uh, yes, uh, on Monday of this week, they received the most amount of calls they've ever received in their history in one day. It was like 3,500 people calling Wow, to, to talk about mental health. And I guarantee you, you know, being trapped in the house, potentially loss of job, potentially loss of income, you know, really struggling, um, you know, especially when you can't see family or friends in the flesh and, you know, there's only, you know, we're limited to two hours of outdoor exercise activity per day. Uh, wow, that's fascinating. You know, you know, you can't, you know, like if we were to go, you know, we need groceries to, you know, for the week. Uh, only one of us can go to the shops. We can't both go together. You know, and I don't know if you guys have it in the US, but everywhere you go. So if I go to the supermarket and pick up groceries. I have to QR code scan in. So they can tell me, I can say, yeah, I was there during, you know, one and two. And that way, if someone who has COVID was there, they, we get a message saying, go get tested. Huh. So make sure we, we don't, we don't have that here. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. and I guarantee you, if we had that here, people would be having a fit. They would have, they would be livid. If we had, if we had to go to a place and have to like a QR code scan, yep. yeah, that wouldn't fly here. So that's a massive, massive thing here. They call it down to contract tracers because what they're trying to do is go, okay, well, you caught COVID off this person, off this person, off, and this person put it off this person, la, la, and, and you have to do it. Go, yeah, all the, all the, you know, I get, look, I'm pretty sure if you just walk past it, no one would say say much, but it's heavily implied that you should scan in for your own for the for the public health. 
they they had an app. They had a thing. I think it was on iPhones where they were doing something similar to that, but people just didn't do it. Yeah. So it's it's fascinating that in Australia that's the thing. Like, no, you got to do it, and you don't have a choice, really. I think I think London did it as well. I think that was where we sort of stole the idea. Like Australians, we do we sort of take the idea and claim it as our own. Uh, but that's something that absolutely happened here in it's still happening here in Australia, and I don't see it uh, changing for at least another, you know, at least until the end of the year. And I don't, I think after that, it'll still be sort of happening uh, for a long, for a long time, especially with until I guess our vaccine rollout hits the government targets. The government targets have been finally set uh, now that we finally have access to the vaccine for, for everyone. Targets have been set which I think are pretty unreasonable. Um, that's just one guy's opinion. But a lot of industries are sort of saying, if you don't get the vaccine, you can't work in the industry anymore. Wow. That's fascinating. That's big thing. So the airline industry was a big one that did that. Obviously the nurse, you know, uh, medical industry sort of did that all makes sense. One big change that one big thing that came out was when uh, Queensland, which is sort of uh, up North, um, the Vegas of, Australia, let's go with that, right? Um, they said to their builders union that to work on a on a construction site, you have to have the vaccine. And the union fought back and said, "Fuck that! You know, you're my body, my choice. It works, you know, it works yeah. for women, it works for men, yeah. and you know, obviously women as well, um, or works for builders anyway." And so they're sort of pushing back, but it seems Australia wants to get. Uh, between 70 and 80% of the population vaccinated. Um, they're expecting that to be done by the end of the year. Uh, and that's when they'll decide that there'll be no more lockdowns. Wow. That's it's crazy. Interesting, to say the <laughs> least. It, it, it's a very strange, strange world here. You see um, a lot of people... A lot of people have been degrading. People that you know weren't affected at the beginning are starting to become affected now. You know, I'm I, I'm you know I work in the government space, so I've been very anti-government ever since I did my accounting degree. Because uh, taxation is theft. I'll tell you that right now. And we have taxes on taxes here. It's the same. I'm sure it's the same in the US, but we have yes. taxes on taxes here. And uh, I don't. You know that. You know every accountant that I've ever known. Everyone. They're all like, yeah, this is ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. It's a better way of doing things. Um, but it it's it really brought out the um uh, diehard, I guess I guess the political divide more than anything else has really been shown with, with this pandemic more than anything else. I think for you guys, Trump really brought a uh a political divide like no one else. Oh yeah. <laughs> without without question. Uh, you know, a political and- divide we're still experiencing today and probably is one of the reasons why we're having so many problems that we're having today, honestly speaking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I and I can get into. Uh, we've been watching American politics on the side, like, oh, this is <laughs> this is juicy. Here we go. You know. Um, I guess you guys, same way you're watching Australia now. Um, but the but the political divide here, you know, again, like I was very pretty hesitant at first to get get the vaccine because, you know, I got friends that are nurses. I got a friend that's a that's a doctor. And, you know family the nurse and stuff like that and they got the vaccine one of my mates who i've trusted played music with him for 15 years and he's just like yeah just just wait just wait to get the vaccine i wouldn't have got it if i didn't have to otherwise i would have 
had to not work. No. I wouldn't have got it. And that was back when you, when nurses were starting to get the vaccine at the start of the year. And, you know, when you hear stuff like that, you go, well, look, I trust it. Do I, do I trust this man here more than I trust the government? Well, yeah, no. obviously. I've known, I know this guy personally. I play music with him. I've gone, you know, on, on holidays with him. I've, you know, drank beers with him. I trust you. And yeah. over time, like my, my, you know, I've got my first shot of AstraZeneca and we're going to get our second one in November or whatever it is. Um, it's not too bad, but, you know, that political, like, you know, people are like, oh, it's, the lockdowns are great. And it's like, but also they haven't been effective. You know, we've got friends that are, are nurses and doctors, I'm oh, sorry, uh, and teachers. Like, teachers haven't really been affected. Like they're teaching from home, but they haven't, you know, no loss of income, no loss of business. They don't really care about the lockdown. You know, I, I really shouldn't either. I've still got a job. I'm working from home. No one cares. But I can see the flow on effect. You know, the more money the government gives out, you know, my generation and the generation next is going to be paying back this massive debt and taxes are going to go up. It's going to affect, affect things financially for years. My favorite coffee shops are going to close. My favorite pubs might have to close because they just don't have the support across the board, you know. So I might have a job, I might have money, I might be able to pay the mortgage and save some cash and do all this. But then it's like, oh, I'm going to go out. There's nowhere to go out to. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fast, this is a, has been a fascinating conversation, brother. Oh, I appreciate man, it, this. No, thank you. Thank you for having, thank you. L- listening to my stories and listening to the insanity that is down here in Australia. And again, you know, more crazy stuff's happening. In, in So look, I'll, I'll say where we are now. I think we had <laughs> the... About sixty or seventy cases yesterday. That's it. And this is why I find this so fascinating because we're dealing with cases in the tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. You guys are dealing with cases in the the tens. Yeah, under a hundred. Like under a hundred. That is wild. So the we're t- under a hundred here. Under a hundred here in Victoria. I don't know what the numbers are today, but I can, you know, have a look. It's all good. And then uh, Sydney are up to nearly just on, like, I think they had 800-ish yesterday, 850 yesterday. Uh, again, they've got twice the population here. That's, Australia. Not a, that's not a lot. That's not a lot at all. That's not a lot. So it's, it's, I, it's a very you know, scary do, world here. Do you know the population of Sydney? Not, not exact numbers, but like estimate. It's definitely more. It's, it's probably double Victoria. So let's just say 12 million. We'll say 12 million. Out of 12 out of 12 million, you don't even have a thousand. We have a thousand, more than a thousand cases. I think we're up to about maybe, uh, maybe 10,000 cases. But, but that's all, like, that's all together. That's all. Yeah, that's it. You know, um, we've only had a handful of people die across the board. And a lot, like the average age of someone who's died of COVID in Australia, in Australia, whole, whole country, uh, is 86 years old. So, you know, not sprightly young 12-year-olds or, you know, people my age. Like, no one – I think one person my age has died of COVID, uh, and he also had, like, 400 other medical conditions. Like, he had cancer as well. That we had is one totally person, different than here. We had one person, different. one person we would consider a child that's died of, of COVID here in, in Australia. One, under 18. He was 15 and had meningitis. So he was – not doing like you know pre-existing medical condition that easily kill you on on a dime. So you know technically we've had no no kids die of, of COVID 
and we've had like 8,000 kids catch COVID. Wow, that's fascinating. Shut down, shut down parks though. Wow. <laughs> man, thank you for coming on, man. This has been an interesting conversation. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show, man. This is, it's so good to get the message out there and, and talk about Australia. Like it, I think sometimes we get a bit hidden under the, the glamour of uh, losing the emu war back in the day and, uh, you know, uh, the Crocodile Dundee and the Crocodile <laughs> Hunter. We yes. sort of get a bit hidden behind some of those, uh, you know, that sort of fun. But, yeah, right now we're sort of in a dire sort of spot. And, I, I, look, I don't know what anyone can really do at this point in time, but we'll definitely keep you updated on what's happening here. And hopefully, you know, I'm trying to get married have a big wedding in October. Hopefully, we're still hoping hopefully, that happens. Hopefully, that goes through, man. Congratulations yeah. on that, too, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, you're always welcome back to come on this podcast to have a conversation, especially this conversation. That's, this conversation is fascinating. Nah, man. At any time you need an Australian's opinion on, on uh, absolutely nothing, <laughs> <laughs> always welcome to come back on. Thank you, brother. Let them know where to find yeah. you at. Yeah, we're, we're the We Only Do One Take podcast. Like I said, it's the only podcast in the world that is a complete shit show. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. No longer on YouTube. We've officially been banned off YouTube. Uh, we lost we lost our account maybe three months ago for uh, no reason given. Uh, but also, you can send us some hate mail, a death threat, or a rant. You can just email us at we only do one take podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming on, brother. And as always, Delvin Cocked Experience, we are out. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Delvin Cocked Experience. If you like more content, go on patreon.com slash Delvin Cox Experience. There, there is more exclusive podcasts, including I'm the Podcaster, He's the DJ. That is the hip-hop podcast I do with Mr. Tim Hines, as well as the Boonecocks which is a Boondocks Review show I do with my son, Delvin Jr. With that being said, I want to give a special shout-out to Patreon producers Shirley Walker, Ghost Rider UK, and Mikey Famine. Thank you. God bless.